Rothsking, Your World, Ofts Reactivity, with Mark Stinson. Hello again, everyone. I'm Mark Stenson, and you found Unlocking Your World of Creativity. And you know, this is the podcast where we talk about original thinking, tools to organize our thoughts, and then making connections and creating opportunities to get our work out into the world. And a lot of times when we think about creativity, we think about arts, and we think about writing and graphic design or music. But you know, there's a lot of different elements and angles of creativity. And today we're going to talk about data and using data in a very creative way. And the topic, informatics, especially health informatics. And we have a couple of terrific guests. We have Dr. Kimberly Corey and Dr. Michelle Hamlin, and they are the principals of a consultancy called Inventech. Now, what's interesting is they are both doctors and nurses. From a nurse standpoint, they have the practice of nursing, but they are also PhDs in this field of informatics. And it's just a fascinating combination. Kim, Michelle, so glad to have you on the program. Thank you. Thank you. We're excited to be here. And Kim and Michelle uh, both work for the largest health system in the state of Idaho. They've also recently started a consultancy to help other practices, clinics, systems take a look at their data and their informatics to make better healthcare decisions. Kim, maybe if you could start just defining for us the basics of what health informatics is and sort of how it applies. Great. Thanks, Mark. So informatics really is the science of using data and technology and knowledge to improve healthcare and healthcare services. And what we, one of the things we specifically do is we leverage information technology to support the processes of healthcare and improve quality, safety, and outcomes for patients. What kind of data is being collected Yeah, so a lot of data is being collected now with electronic health records. So data from, you know, patient's age, uh, date of birth, you know, simple types of data to uh, vast amounts of data to regarding, you know, their diagnoses, information about how uh, patients respond to treatments and and looking at that data in a a much broader scale so we can apply it to a larger populations. Uh, So that's the primary amount of data or the type of data that we see coming in in the healthcare world is uh, data coming from electronic health records. So when we go to the doctor and the doctor or nurse is entering all our information on the iPad, that's what we're talking about? Correct. Yes. So all the diagnostic codes, all the treatment codes, what medications we might be taking, that sort of thing? All of that data is stored in in electronic health records um, that also flow into big databases where we can evaluate that data in a much larger sense. It's like a metadata, right? A big, a larger national global overview of population health. I see what you're saying. So it's feeding into the bigger system. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. And so other than just, hey, it's great to have all this data collected. What sort of decisions then would this drive, I guess, both at the hospital level and then literally down to the individual practitioner? 
Yeah, that's a great question. Um, you, we don't want to collect data just for the sake of collecting data. We want that data to be meaningful. And that data can impact different decisions at various levels or various degrees of caring for somebody in the healthcare system. So the data can be very different for the bedside nurse versus executive leadership. And so an example of how the data influences the bedside nurse we think about data as such as like vital signs and um, lab results. What is that progression of that patient? Are they getting sicker? Do we have decisions to um, trigger that a patient is becoming septic? So we use individual type patient data at the bedside. Whereas the executive leadership in healthcare organizations look at data in a much broader sense. So they're looking at data of, of their hospital or a bigger population. What are we doing for our throughput, you know, our patient flows? How are we using data to really improve the quality of the population? Thanks, Michelle. Uh, Kim, we always talk about we want the best care, we want the best practice of medicine applied to us as individuals. How does this data, Michelle was talking about the bedside nurse at the executive level, but how would this data create a best practice, whether that be here's what we're going to do with most of the patients, or here's what we're going to do in a protocol? How would that feed into that? So I think one of the things that informatics and technology has afforded us is the ability to standardize our practice and really share information. And even within just one organization, that organization we work for has eight sites, uh, eight hospitals, and we've actually standardized our practice across all sites. So that if you come to one city and you have pneumonia, you get treated the same at whatever hospital you show up at based on protocols, policies, standards of care, and evidence-based practice. So I think that really affected healthcare mm -hmm. in a positive way. Now, I do know, I guess, from my career in talking with a lot of physicians in many uh, settings through market research or advisory boards or what have you, you know, there's always a pushback on some of this standardization. You know, there is an art of medicine, they would say. And sometimes my feel, my intuition might go outside of the lines. Michelle, how, how do some of the physicians respond to this data-driven medicine? Yeah, you're right. Uh, medicine and healthcare is still an art. And so when we talk about the tools and technologies that we're trying to develop, we want to make sure that that art still exists. Uh, we don't want to use technology to replace a physician's or a nurse's or a pharmacist's thought process. We really need to make sure that the tools uh, enhance their ability to practice medicine or, or um, deliver care and not replace it. Uh, so that is, that's a really important aspect to remember. Oftentimes we're trying to leverage data and standardize uh, to the point where we're doing cookie cutter medicine. And we want to still try to avoid that as much as possible, but recognize that there are opportunities where consistency does still help the patients. Again, as, as what uh, Kim was talking about, when we have small sites, small hospitals that aren't afforded resources, we want to still deliver the same care experience to that patient as if they were in a big urban hospital. Right. And I think in addition, you know, we um, have to adhere to regulatory requirements as well. 
And so that, that is a big piece of it, being able to support those regulatory requirements within our EHR and other applications. Although I have to say that each patient is individual and providers should still be able to have that art of medicine in their practice. I mean, they are practicing medicine. That is what their, their degree is for. And so you can't say that every single patient is going to take this medication A because they have diagnosis B. So I think we, we support evidence-based practice and best practices, but there's always going to be outliers where they're going to have to change that practice. Basically. Yeah, I see what you're saying. So even I, I correct my own language. I said data-driven, but you're almost saying it's data-informed medicine. You know, just like a small town doctor would say, well, in the past, decades ago, I would just call a friend. Now I would be able to say, what do most doctors do? Or what is the best outcome from the published studies or what have you? Because this database exists? Right, correct. And and it's within their workflows. We, we provide this clinical decision support within their workflows so that it's right, uh, right there at the time of care or at the time of ordering or at the time of review. So they don't have to go out and look for studies and evidence-based peer-reviewed journal articles on what they're trying to treat. It's right there at their fingertips uh, to support them. And whether it applies to that patient, at least it gives them that opportunity and that support and that knowledge right there at that moment. Mm -hmm. There must be so many, I guess I go back to our creativity theme. Immediately you think, oh, all this number crunching, how fun and creative could that be? But (laughs) even now I think about the aha moments that must come when you're doing that data analytics and saying, wow, I had a hunch it would be X, but it turns out that it's Y, you know, and this big light bulb goes off. Do you have some fun with that anyway? You know, the point counterpoint discussions must be pretty lively. There are some of us that really do enjoy enjoy the data (laughs) crunching uh, aspect of of healthcare. I personally really, I do enjoy trying to figure out what is the best method to gather the data that's going to tell the story I'm looking for. Uh, so that's that's really key is making sure that the data is truly telling you the story that you are looking for or the answers that you are looking for. So that's one aspect of that data driven. But there are there are times where I evaluate and analyze data, and I am truly surprised to see um, the outcomes of that data. And and that um, speaks volume to the importance of using data in making decisions rather than relying on anecdotal perceptions of either a single clinician, a single physician's uh, response um, and experiences or a single bedside nurse's experience, because that could be very different than what the overall data is telling us. Yeah. Part of our practice is understanding what truly is the problem that people are trying to solve. And one of the things that we get a lot is this is a huge problem. And we ask for the data. Can we see the data? And, you know, I'd say at least half the time they say, well, we don't have data. This is just what this provider said, or this is what we heard. And when we truly go and look for the data, it usually doesn't support that anecdotal response. So yeah, it is really important to, people are very emotional. You know, healthcare is about compassion and emotions and being attached and and doing the best that you can. So people get very passionate about something they think is an issue, but we really have to be cognizant of the data behind it too. Well, and and I, I wanna, I also wanna point out that the data helps identify the how large the problem is, but it also helps us uh, to determine whether or not the intervention that we're implementing 
uh, affects that data, or it really does have a, an impact on that outcome of what we're trying to achieve. And so it is so important to, to gather that data before and after making any sort of change to evaluate if that change truly had an effect. Mm-hmm. And there must be so much cool technology, cool applications, companies inventing some new things, both, I guess, to gather or to analyze or to implement some of these data. You know, what are, what are you seeing in the field coming out? Something that we're personally interested in recently is, is a sector of informatics, femtech. Femtech really is technology and apps and devices that are focused on females and their healthcare needs or or just their needs in general. And some of the cool things that we've seen lately just by being aware is there's a a company called Bloomer Tech that's a startup company that created a, a bra, actually, with a monitor, a cardiac monitor within that bra that you can wash and wear so that patients or, or individuals that have any kind of heart issues or being evaluated for issues can wear that and it, it will record all their, um, their rhythms during the day or whenever they're wearing this bra and transmit it to their provider to evaluate, which is, you know, we had the old halter monitors, which were very big and uncomfortable and people wear those, but this is actually a bra that has it just included in this, this washable bra that can collect data. And as that's collecting data, you know, we can use that as big data for, Mm -hmm. um, to look at for other patients. Yeah. So that's one of the cool things we've seen. There's, they also in femtech, there's a lot of apps for infertility and menopause and there's actually a, a new tampon that they have created that will actually analyze the cells from your cervix and predict if you have any kind of disease or issues or risks um, for women. And so there's a lot of new up and coming cool devices and apps. Um, one of the things that we talk about, especially in the healthcare arena is, is that, you know, technology is booming and we can see many different applications in which technology can help support care. But at the end of the day, we still need to make sure that these technologies are usable. And so these devices are gathering data, but we also need to make sure that we are evaluating the usability of some of this data. And so if we're influencing our patient population versus influencing our caregivers, an analysis of how they're utilizing those tools is, is, is still um, an absolute must. That's in part uh, what our consulting company is looking at trying to accomplish as well as analyzing and evaluating the usability of some of these tools. Um, we've both have been in experiences where, you know, some tech companies coming into the hospital system, praising this tool, this communication tool that's going to, you know, save nurses in um, so many different forms of delivering care at the bedside. But when we actually get it into the hands of the nurse, we find that it's not, it doesn't deliver what it it promises, or it really just doesn't function within the way that they're delivering care. And so, you know, with our nursing background, we have that knowledge and experience. We we understand what it's like to be in those hospitals, um, be in those clinics, really understanding what it what it means to walk through start to finish for how to care for a patient and understand how those tools are going to affect how we're delivering care. Uh, so good. Well, let's let's uh, turn the page then to the consulting business. Well, uh, this year you started Inventech to really utilize and apply your 
education and your experience in this area. What kind of clients are you hoping to serve uh, through this consultancy? The clients that we're looking to serve really is anybody that's interested in supporting well-being and, and health of the population. It's not just healthcare organizations, but companies like Apple and Google and various other uh, tech companies are actually leveraging uh, informatics and, and healthcare technology to support some of their apps and products. Mm-hmm. Consultants are often called in to solve a problem. How do they articulate, how would new clients come to you and describe what problems, what are you hearing? One of the things that's affecting us currently is the, the pandemic. And, and Michelle has really been responsible at our healthcare organization for supporting the care of our patients and, and supporting our end users and clinicians through this pandemic with, health, with information technology and applying that. Yeah, it's a it's a great example. If we're going to talk about um, current current climate of our healthcare uh, population, one of the pivotal moments of what we're seeing informatics support is with COVID. And so when COVID hit, uh, we saw a great need to try and support our population in a way that uh, allowed for social distancing. And that means, you know, we saw a decrease in the number of patients going into their preventative appointments, their health maintenance appointments into the clinics. And so what can informatics do to support still delivering uh, care to those patients? Because uh, preventative medicine is, is, a, is, is still really needed even during a pandemic. And so informatics can help support organization in establishing telehealth opportunities, virtual visits, allowing for our providers and clinicians to still connect with our patients virtually, even though they're not there physically. And so we've seen um, an expansion in those types of technologies during COVID. We also brought telehealth or virtual visits in the hospitals. We were seeing um, healthcare systems struggle with how do we provide a level of care to uh, facilities that don't have enough physicians or nurses at the bedside because, you know, our employees are getting sick with COVID. And so how do we reduce the exposure to our clinicians while still, again, providing and maintaining care? So offering virtual health and, and telehealth in the, in the acute care settings, not just in the clinics. Uh, so those were huge innovative ideas that just took off with COVID. Mm-hmm. And informatics really helps to support uh, developing out those solutions uh, to the issues that healthcare organizations are seeing. Yeah. Well, and how has it been for you guys together forming this business? We always think about the excitement of a startup and, you know, you're, you're forming the business, but boy, it's, it's a new hat maybe that you haven't worn before to start up a new business. Uh, what are some of the considerations that you've seen? Well, I have to say that it's very exciting because we're both very passionate about improving health and quality and safety for patients. And, you know, at the end of the day, our focus as nurses um, is really for that patient in the bed or that patient in the clinic or that family of a patient. And that really is our focus. We just now are at like the 50,000 foot view where we support all of the clinicians and all disciplines across the healthcare setting to provide that great care. And so I think for us, I, I know I am, and I know Michelle is too, are really excited to share that with other organizations and share our experiences and our knowledge and, and help support that so that we can improve healthcare across the nation or the, the world. Great. Any surprises 
as a as a new business, as a new business venture, as you've structured the company? Any surprises in getting your business started or getting the word out out into the world? So when we started the business right before the pandemic, so I I think experiencing what it's like to have to compensate for the pandemic has has, uh, took us a little bit by surprise. And that's okay. Uh, We ended up having to shift away from supporting our company to, again, going back to uh, the healthcare organization that we're employed with to focus on efforts more locally in in Idaho and really spending a lot of our time's boots on the ground trying to support uh, the population that uh, we're serving here in Idaho. So that was was a little bit of a a challenge that I know we experienced with uh, starting up our company. But I think overall, it's still a great experience. I love the ability to network with different uh, people like yourself, Mark, um, with different backgrounds and different perspectives and, and really getting that positive reinforcement that, yes, this is, this is needed. We, we talk to other um, healthcare professionals across the nation and they're just like, where have you been our whole lives? You understand the pain that I'm going through with our electronic health record, all of these alerts and click boxes and click boxes and click boxes, and it's burning our clinicians out. And your role is needed now more than ever, um, because the workload to gather data is just exponentially growing. And how do we maintain a balance where we're not overburdening our clinicians? Mm -hmm. Well, it sounds like both a challenging time to start a business, but an exciting one. Very much so. Yes. What a great conversation. I really appreciate you sharing all these experiences. And boy, you've really opened my eyes to what informatics is, first of all, but all the ways it can be used. So I appreciate that. Thank, Thank you. you. Opportunity. Tell us where people can find out more about your consulting practice and connect with you. So we have a website, inventtechconsulting.com. And so happy to connect with you either through our website. Otherwise, Michelle Hamland and Kimberly Corey, you can look us up on LinkedIn, connect with us, network with us. If you have questions, we would love to to connect with you and share your thoughts and uh, your experiences with healthcare technology. Terrific. Well, watch your inbox because I know my listeners will reach out to you. Thanks, Mark. Kim, Corey, and Michelle Hamlin principles of a consultancy called Inventech. It's all about health informatics and how to use data and data analytics and better healthcare decision making. And they've described uh, so many great applications. And Kim and Michelle, I'd be remiss if we ended any conversation about healthcare and especially nursing without thanking you and all your colleagues literally on the front lines these days, whether the front lines or what seems like the back office. I think anything down at the hospital is the front lines. So please pass on our thanks to everybody uh, that you're working with. We just appreciate it so much. Yeah, we will. Thank you so much. Thank you. Listeners, come back again for our next episode of Unlocking Your World of Creativity. We'll talk to more experts about how they apply all sorts of inspiration, inputs, and data points to expand their thinking. We'll also talk about more tools and methods and exercises and apps and whatever it takes to organize our ideas with the goal of getting our work out into the world. Somewhere, somehow, we're going to push the send button. We're going to publish, we're going to record, we're going to launch, and that's what we are all about here at this podcast. Thanks for coming by. I'm Mark Stinson, Unlocking Your World of Creativity, and we'll see you again next time.
We've created a special offer just for listeners of the podcast. You can get our book, A World of Creativity. Paperback is at a special price of $5.98, and the Kindle version is only $0.99. Go to my website, mark-stinson.com. The book is featured on the homepage. You can click it and go to Amazon, mark-stinson.com, and enjoy the book.